Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey guys. Ooh, we're back what in the is studio. Up? It's only been two weeks since I haven't seen you. I mean, I guess it's been two and a half weeks. It's the longest we've gone in two years, I realize years, we I say like. this every single time that we get back on. Yeah, but you know what? This is actually, I think, the longest we've been apart since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. You were in Boise for like four weeks at oh, one that's, point. That's true. In June last year. But if this felt like the longest. <laughs> it really did. I don't I, know why. I'm I so, we're codependent, this, I think. Yeah, I was at this retreat. It was called Hair Love Retreat, if you guys are on the stories. And it was like in right outside Zion National Park and we were kind of off grid and I swear every single day felt like five days. So I thought I was gone for a month and a half. And I was also <laughs> confused because it was the end of April, beginning of May. So we're switching months and the last day was like this big party and it was on a Sunday night. And usually the parties are on Saturday night. Right. So I was thinking Monday was Sunday and I was just like every day was off. I was, and every day is off for me normally anyway, but it was, it was worse than usual. You know how it is. Yeah. No, that is. That's a lot. And you guys are like putting stuff up and ripping stuff down and doing a lot of manual labor, I feel like. I was doing a lot of manual labor. I'm good at it. Not really, but... Did your parents make you do that kind of stuff? Oh, holy fuck. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the thing is I see kids like these days and they don't have to do yard work. Are you shitting me? I was literally... I actually... My number one chore that I actually did love doing was mowing the lawn because what I would do is I would listen to audiobooks and at the same time I would wear a bikini and get sun <laughs> and it was like exercising. Like my neighbors, I was literally like a 16 year old girl wearing like a skimpy bikini and like mowing my front lawn and my neighbors were like super old and they're like driving by and like, what, oh who gosh. is that? My parents were super embarrassed. But yeah, it's like, what are three ways that I can make this better i can get a tan i can exercise i'd run with the lawnmower i'd actually run with it yeah that sounds like you yeah (laughs) and then yeah i had to take huge barrels of leaves to the back of our like uh what's it called like our our, and like i had to do a lot of that kind of stuff i remember my friends none of my friends had to do something so my friend sally and i were best friends in high school and she would come over and we would lay out at my pool Mm -hmm. and then literally my stepdad would ask me to do chores while she was over so i would like she'd be laying by the pool and i'd be like no no you just relax um and i i would just go and start weeding like in a bikini I'd go and like start weeding and go and like start just doing yard work. And she's like, do you need any help? And I'm like, no, relax. It's fine. <laughs> but I remember none of my friends had to do chores. Uh, you know, I think I was in gymnastics a lot. So I luckily got away with some of it because I was in practice four hours a day and then Saturdays too. But when I wasn't, I would get stuck doing chores, but I did never have to mow a lawn. And I still to this day don't know how, and I never want to learn. It's mowing? so fun. Mowing. No. I would still mow a lawn, actually. Really? Yeah. I would, I would not mow a lawn. I'll do. You know what? What chores do you hate the most? I hate folding clothes. Dusting. No. Folding clothes, never. Oh, I hate it. And I liked dusting. I think that was my favorite chore. Oh, really? Because I like come through smell. with the white glove test. I like the smell of the pledge. I remember oh, I had like no money. And I remember if I wanted to go to the movies, I had to make the money to go. Yeah. So I'd be like, what chores can I do? Yep. And she's like, I'll give you $7 to clean the entire house. Oh. I'd be like, yep. done. Yep. I'll do it. I just fucking like run around. 
It's so funny. I mean, I, we're obviously not moms. So if you're a mom and you're listening, hopefully you're having your children do chores. But I remember doing so much physical labor yeah. and being like, am I the only 15-year-old girl yes. who can carry two huge yeah. like things of leaves to the end of my property? Totally. And I remember one time getting so upset and being like, if I wasn't this strong, you wouldn't ask me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Jill quit going to the gym. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I know. So I started going to the gym when I was 15. I actually just posted on Insta the other day about being a strong woman. And someone actually said, you guys should do an episode on this. Oh, yeah. And how do you handle comments about your looks? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, whether you're muscular or like comments in general, yeah, I think yep. we should probably talk about that at some point. Yeah, we definitely should. Because you grew up and you were jacked. Like you were a gymnast oh, yeah. and like you've always had a six pack. I still, this whole week, actually at the hair love retreat, constant comments. It's the only time I get them because I wasn't hanging out with you because when I'm with you, all the attention is on you. <laughs> but so true. I was by myself and everybody was like, you're in such great shape. And it's funny because I'm used to being around fitness people. So I'm not the most in shape, but now I'm around hair people and I'm the fitness person. Mm. And it was also, I noticed myself trying to go, oh, well, I haven't worked out. And like I I had my neck stuff. I had a lot of months off and I'm slowly getting back into it. So I'm trying to just say thank you. And then sometimes I'd want to just like justify yeah. it. And so it was like this weird thing. Like I really try to just say thank you and accept the compliment. But there's that piece of me that's like, well, no, this isn't my best. And I'm like, wow, right. just accept the compliment. But it was it's weird. So easy it to, was, a, to... I got a lot of comments this weekend yeah. and it was well, you always look, strange. You are always looking smoking to me. Well, I well just, the best is what tell tell everyone what what you say when you get complimented on your breasts from dudes. Oh, thank. Well, if my if somebody compliments my boobs, I'm like y you can thank my doctor. <laughs> I'll tell my doctor thank you. But you know what? Too actually, I got I a guess comment. It's not just dudes. I mean, Karis. Yeah, I got a comment in the DM actually because I when I was at the Phoenix event, I wore a top. And that was like mesh in the middle. And one of the girls I was like, that. how do I get boobs like perky like yours? And I was like, well, you can buy them. And I want to be real about that because I don't want people to feel bad about their bodies or having a baby and their boobs are saggy or something. And they're like, why don't I look like Danny's? So why did you end up, why did you end up getting it? Real. I mean, I think we're going to probably do another an episode on like oh, body modification at some point. We definitely need to. Um, well, funny story. I was actually going to get LASIK. I saved all my money for my 25th birthday to buy myself LASIK. And I hadn't really considered getting boobs. My mom actually growing up was always telling me, I'm so sorry, honey, you're going to be flat chested and you're going to need a boob job. And I was like, oh, really? Screw you. Like, I'm never going to get a boob job. And because I was so rebellious, I was like, no, just because you said that, I'll never do it. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I had a baby young and so your boobs stretch out and grow. And then I was like super lean. So I basically had just saggy, less than a saggy boobies, which weren't bad, bad, but like size wise, I have broader shoulders and like lats and stuff from being a gymnast. So things were hard to find that would fit. Like small tops would be too baggy in the chest and medium tops would be too, or medium tops would be too baggy in the chest and smalls would be too tight. Yep. And ultimately, long story short, I was going to get LASIK and it cost more than I thought. And just as it's joke, I said to Nate, we weren't even, we were just barely dating. I was like, man, for as much as it costs for LASIK, I should just get boobs. And without hesitating, he goes, I'll pay half. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, hmm. And then I just thought, well, maybe I'll just look in to see what it cost. And I went to three consultations and I was also fitness competing and I was like yeah. noticing the girls all had them. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I found a place I could do it for four grand and I already saved 2,500 for my eyes. So I was like, cool. I could pay two grand. He'll pay two grand. I'll get my boobs and I still have 500 left over. <laughs> Find the money. <laughs> 
So I did it and I didn't want to go crazy. My biggest thing was this. I didn't want people, I didn't want to walk into a room and people go like, whoa, nice boob job. Yeah. So most people, when they tell me they don't notice, that's to me a compliment. Yeah. Cause yours are what? C's? Like, yeah, they're yeah, like, yours are, really, yours are really nice. I've seen them many times. Thanks. I, by the way, I have no, like, I don't think that people should or shouldn't like, and I know there's a lot of like breast implant illness and things like that. Yep. And so I know that a lot of people have, this is kind of like a hot topic. We don't need to talk about this today. It's kind of a tangent, but you know, I've thought about getting them at times too. I mean, but I have, you know, I have small breasts, but I also, they're like firm and yeah. I like them and don't really have like too many complaints or at least none to my face. Right. <laughs> right. So, but you know, I'm so broad. Like I yeah. think I would just look really top heavy. Like I would just look like alignment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which is fine, but I just, I don't, I think I wouldn't look athletic anymore. Yeah. I think uh, if I hadn't gotten so lean, I would have just stayed. But I got so lean that it was almost yeah. like just skin. It wasn't. Uh, I remember I just had like straight up pecs. There was when I was no like 10% volume. body fat. I was yeah. just like had pecs. Yeah. Which is fine. Mine was like pecs with saggy skin over the top. Mm. It was weird. Yeah. But yeah, I think if I had actually not been so lean, I would have been fine. Yeah, I, I think people need to do what they need to do to feel good. And like maybe just ask the question of like, you know, cool. If I, if I didn't have these, could I still love and appreciate myself that you know? was it that was a huge thing for yeah. me I was like I could go with or without I, I think when people get plastic surgery thinking that once this is done I'll be happy with myself that's a slippery slope yeah and I was at the point where I'm like I could do it and be fine or not do it and be fine and so that's when I thought I was at least in a mental place where it was okay to do it yeah not that it's saying it's not okay but I think it is a better place because it can go wrong. Yeah. Things can happen yeah. and you can come out worse. It's a major surgery, yeah. major surgery with major recovery time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know how we got on that except for the fact that you always look slamming to me and <laughs> that a lot of my, oh, Instagram. Yeah. That people were saying that getting comments about your body. First of all, it's to me, it's super tacky. Like just comment. I mean, if it's your girlfriend, be like, oh my God, you look slamming or whatever. But like, I think like dudes who want to connect with you they're the comments about your muscles is so awkward mm -hmm. it's literally like oh don't beat me up and you're like okay like and so <laughs> I think like how do you just dissipate that so now I've just gotten to been like I just laugh it off like I'm just like cool yeah. like for whatever reason I'm triggering an insecurity there or they're trying to connect with me or like they want to be more fit I don't know or they they think I'm attractive and like don't know what else to say because it's like the only thing they see like the first thing that you see on yeah. somebody so yeah. It was an interesting conversation, maybe a conversation for another time, but that's what's been going on. We should do me. a whole episode on that because I have a lot we more really things should. to add. Body modification and getting older and all the needles. Oh, yeah. We need to do the aging one, too. good stuff. Um, so, yeah. We, Danny and I are back together. We're spending a couple of days in L.A. And then we are going to Austin next week. Yep. And what is, uh, what's new with you? Well... We're not going to talk about it this time. No? Okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it this time. But we are going to talk about it at some point. It... So we're going to get into some Q&A today. We have a couple of ideas. Actually, I don't think people have heard you and I on an episode in a long time. It's been a lot of interviews and solos. Actually. I know. Tons of interviews. Yeah. Hope you so guys have been loving the interviews. If you loved a particular guest, let us know because we can get them back on. Yeah. So we got we asked for some cues so we can A... <laughs> and I'm going to start with this one because it was a, a couple of weeks ago, actually. We asked, we've asked a few times, so I've been saving them and I have got some good ones, but this is a pretty simple one, just straight to you. So what's Jill's relationship with Jade like now that she's in a relationship and what are your rules on contact with exes? Such a good, well, you should answer that question too about exes. Um, 
do you think it's okay for that's kind of two questions first of all do you think it's okay for uh, not okay what are your rules do you have rules like well so okay I have been very open, obviously, publicly on the podcast, and Keith has listened to some of the episodes on the podcast, and I've been super open with him even, that Jade and I are still really good friends. Not Absolutely nothing romantic going on between us ever has gone on with, between us for years. And when we were started dating, Jade and I would go to dinner every once in a while. And so Keith, I think you guys know, is a fireman, and so he works 24-hour shifts. And so nights that he was at work or whatever, like, I don't know, every once in a while, maybe once every two weeks or so, Jade and I would go to dinner. Just to talk shop, talk about, you know, catch up on things, maybe talk business, whatever. And I wouldn't necessarily, this is when I was living by myself still. And Keith would be like, oh, what are you up to tonight? And I'd be like, oh, going to dinner or whatever. And if he asked, I would tell him. But Mm -hmm. I normally wouldn't be like, well, I mean, I would sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Not any reason why. But once Keith and I started living together a couple of months ago, Jade and I would continue to go to dinner. And I remember having this moment of like, you know... I should ask his permission, I think, Mm -hmm. a little bit. Not like if he said no, that could be a separate conversation. But I was like, I'm not just going to assume it's okay. And the fact that we live together now, it feels like a little bit more, I want Keith to feel respected. I never want him to feel disrespected. So I texted him and Jade and I were going to go to dinner. And I said, hey, Jade and I might go to dinner tonight. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. And he just wrote back and he said, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. Then I was just like, cool. And I just wrote, I never want you to feel disrespected. And he's like, I appreciate that. How would you feel if he asked you about... I would love if he asked me. Yeah. I would, as you know, my biggest sensitivity is inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so if he just went yeah, and I found out about it later and he yeah. didn't share that detail with me, that would be that would be a problem for me. Have you had a conversation about that? No. Or do you think it just wouldn't happen? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think mm-hmm. like he's, you know, I, from what pr- the precedent wise, I think he's actually like fairly open with me and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just different cause he's at work. So yeah. like I, you know, I obviously have a lot of time to myself and like I spend time with my friends and, yeah. and things like that. He doesn't always have that much kind of free time outside of. Do you think people should have roles with the exes or does it, is it I a think case by inclusiveness case? is key. Yeah. Actually, ironically, sorry you guys, there's a truck outside. I'm just going to close the window here. Ironically, Jade and I had this conversation last week and we were talking about friends of the opposite sex. Yep. And because when Jade and I were married, there was a couple of women who he was friends with. And he even said this in the podcast on The Best Life that he kind of liked the idea of having special relationships with with other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. separate from the marriage, not Mm -hmm. because he wanted to like have sex with them, but because he just liked that kind of, especially some of his exes he's always been really close with. And I said that to him the other day and he goes, you know, I would never do that again. He goes, I would never do that. And he goes, now, if I'm in a relationship and there is a woman who I'm friends with, she also needs to be friends with the person I'm in the relationship with. And I was like, yep. wow, fucking 180, you know? And I was like, and so that to me is important too. So yeah. I would be totally fine with, yep. you know, Keith wanted to see his exes. And like, I know that, you know, he texts with his ex sometimes like happy birthday. They sound yeah. like, you know, every once in a while, like catch up kind of stuff. But if he uh, wanted to go to dinner with an ex, I'd be like, sure. Like, but like, yeah. but like, I need to know that. You need to know. Yeah. And like, probably like I should meet her at some point. Yeah. Well, Okay, I wasn't going to bring it up, but this actually kind of triggered something for me. So I have recently started seeing somebody that I want to see more exclusively. And I have dated a lot in the last couple of years. And I've maintained friendships with some of these guys. And then some of them just kind of still want to hook up with me. And I feel that it is kind of disrespectful. Like, I don't want to maintain a friendship with opposite sex for 
like no reason. I kind of feel like Jade does now where I want to cut it. I would rather just cut it off because I feel like because there was feelings in the past or even if it was one sided that it could go like it could it could be a slippery slope. So I've been trying to cut off those relationships, even though it's like some of them. I'm like, yeah, I really like this person as a friend and I really enjoy that um, relationship. But it just you have to ask yourself, like, what's more important? Yeah. It feels to me that it's not like it could someday. There seemed to be an ulterior motive yeah. there. Like, why is that? Actually, it's funny. So you and I were in New York two weeks ago. Yeah. And an ex of mine reached out because he was in New York at the same time. Yep. Yeah. And he was, I, I think, a little bit trying to be like, what's up? Mm-hmm. And I told you about it. I actually told Keith about it after the fact. Uh-huh. And I was just like, yeah. Like, he reached out and was like, oh, like, what are you were hit with Danny J and this and that. And I, like, didn't. I was just, like, very short. Yeah. Like, have a great you know, have a great time. And he was like, Oh, I'll keep my eye open. If I'm walking around the city, I'm like, sounds great. Bye. <laughs> you know? And like, this is someone I really liked a couple of years yeah. ago. And yep. so it was like a really nice, it felt really just solid and powerful yeah. and good to do that. I think, um, as far as like being rules, I think it does, uh, the relationship has to be like on a per per relationship basis. I don't know what that means. Individual. Yeah. Because if there's kids involved, you can't just go, I'm never going to talk to my ex. Well, you got to drop your children off and you have to have some kind of communication. So I think there's a lot, but if you don't really have some attachments, I don't know. I've, I've definitely thought going forward now, like Nate and I have had conversations off and on, but if in a new relationship, there's no reason for me to ever go see him again. I just don't feel like it's I don't think it's fair to a new relationship and it's, I've really changed my thoughts over the last couple of weeks about it. I'm like, yeah, I just need to cut all these off. There's yeah. really not a reason for me to do that. I get like a visceral feeling actually. Yeah. Like when I like, I'm kind of talking to like someone that I've dated in the past yeah. and like, and Keith doesn't know about it. So that's yep. why like I, I come clean and then I, I do my best to just like cut that off mm-hmm. and like not let it go any further. Cause why would I? Yeah. It's yep. not fair to anybody. Yeah. And th- so I think that's good in, in terms of Jade and I and Jade and Keith have met. Yep. You know, a handful of times and mm-hmm. they both love Pip, which is important to me. <laughs> shared custody. <laughs> no, no one has shared custody. She's mine 100%. Yes, she's sitting here with us. Um, but both of them love her and, and that is important to me. Love it. So, okay, what question you got? Uh, yeah, so I have some questions. And so we'll just do like kind of more discussions type style. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this one says, I know you've both touched on this in several episodes, but I love a deeper dive on parent-specific relationships. I was a quiet kid who really never challenged them. And now when I don't follow their advice or say something they don't agree with, there's an issue that feels like there's no resolution. This is so good. I love, like, this is so fucking juicy. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of, the episode we released in New York was kind of about this, like our, we talked a lot about the parent things and how your relationship changes as an adult. And yeah. I think there's so many dynamic shifts. Like if your mom and dad still treat you as the six-year-old that you were or your 11-year-old you were and you allow that, like it's, it goes two ways. Like it's hard to not allow it because it's, they've been doing it their whole lives. You've been in the same dynamic, but you leave, you're an adult and you come back, things change and you still feel like a child and it could just throw you into a spiral of things and it can just make your life miserable. Those are some of the hardest relationships I think to navigate and changing them and changing the dynamics could take years if they even happen. Some people honestly just don't. Some people just go, and I was one of those people. I just like, I know how my mom is when I, I just am around there. I suck it up and then I get the hell out of there as soon as possible. And 
with the trying to be more honest and trying to just let them take me as I am, yep. it's made it so I can tolerate actually yeah. being around more. Even yeah. like sometimes I enjoy being there. It's yeah. still not my favorite. My f- yeah. home is my family home is still not my favorite place to hang out, but it's way more tolerable before it was like, I could never be me. So I wanted to get out as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I just was like sucking it up and doing my quote unquote duty to like see my family. Right. I think we run into issue when we expect our parents to treat us in a, di- in a way that like we want and they're not going to. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you an example. I have a couple of clients right now who are really seeking uh, deeper relationships with their parents. They're in that like 20 to 30 age range. Yep. And they are really wanting their approval of their parents. They're wanting their parents to see them as a grown ass adult to really like love what they're doing. Meanwhile, they're building online businesses and they're wanting their parents to see them as what they're doing as worthy and be their cheerleaders and really be on board and, and treat them in all these ways. And my question to them was, what if you never had that really, what if, what if your mom never saw you that way? What if she never saw what you were doing as worthy mm-hmm. or was excited for you or was supported by you? What would your life look like? And they were like, well, that would kind of suck because this is someone who's close to me and I would love to have those conversations with them. I was like, what if you never were able to have those kind of conversations with them? Could you like quarantine that relationship yeah. and just go, these are the kinds of things that we talk about. These may be more surface level things. Yeah. And would that be okay to you? And you'd go to your friends, you'd go to your business partners, you would go to, you know, your romantic partner to talk about business, talk about your hopes and your dreams and like your crazy ideas. Yeah. Could you? And so it's kind of a mourning a little bit. It's a little bit of like, there's grief there about almost you're grieving what could be. Yep. And so I think it's a combination of understanding the role that your parent is going to play in your adult life. Yeah. While at the same time, slowly showing them what it could be like and allowing them to have the full experience of seeing you fully as an adult. Cause you're not who you were at 12. You're not who you were at 18. Totally. You're not who you were at 22. You are someone who is capable, competent, fucking making money, holding it down, have a family. Like you're, you're all those things. And I loved what you said about like, it's not all on them. They're always going to see you that way. In fact, if they don't see you that way, they probably wonder what their utility is. Yeah. My dad was saying to me like, you know, I, I love you guys. And I'm trying to appreciate the fact that you're growing up. He said, but it's really hard because I feel like I'm not useful to you anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't need my advice anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as you get to stay small, they get to stay up on this pedestal yep. Yep. and they get to be the one with all the answers. Yep. But as soon as they're not on that pedestal anymore and you're, and you're more at a friendship level, what's their utility in your life? Yeah. It's hard to, to be around people who've known you your whole life to, to get out of that. Like I still picture my brother my little brother as like a 13 year old because I left the house when he was about 13 14 he's a 35 year old man with six children (laughs) but I still think of him as a 13 year old who we handcuffed to the stairwell and he pooped his pants (laughs) that's where like in my head I see my little brother even though he doesn't look like that or anything and so we get kind of and even just think about like your high school friends you see somebody and it's 20 year reunion and you're like remember when you did this and they're like yeah that's not me anymore and we're the same way Right. But and we expect everyone else to understand our growth, but our family is also our family. Like we get them, we didn't choose them. So there are certain topics I think with family that I've just decided we don't discuss. Mm-hmm. Like for me, politics in my family, religion, not having conversations about it yep. because they have their ideas and I didn't choose them. Like I chose my friendship with you yep. or my the person I'm yep. dating. 
I was born into the family and we just, we are all like mushed together. So if I know that things are going to get so heated, I'm not going to convince them to see my side. I already know that. They're not going to convince me to see their side. I already know that. So I think there's go back to the boundaries episode, but maybe there's just some conversations you just don't have. Right. And can you live with that? Ask yourself, like, can you live with that? Who can you go to instead? Yeah. I can't talk about my business with my parents. It's not that they're not interested. They just literally don't know what the fuck I do. Yeah. Their eyes gloss over. I'm like, okay, not like you're, I mean, they want to be interested, but they don't know how to be. Actually, what you reminded me of was this tweet that I saw a couple of weeks ago from Neil Strauss, who I love. He's an author and he wrote the book, The Truth. We've talked about it several times. He said, word of the day. Roll lock. The definition when you change when you change dramatically but continue to be perceived as the same person by your family and those closest mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So like we all do this. So yes. people are doing that to you. Maybe yes. you've changed, you've grown up, you become a competent ass woman, a mom, like you've you fucking but you still get treated like that 15-year-old who doesn't know how to make their own decisions. Yeah. But look, we do this to our parents too. We yep. still treat them like they're and they nag us and they don't trust us and we I mean I've seen it in my own like my mom sometimes or my stepdad will say one small thing and I will react as if it was like the 15 years worth of shit so true you know and so, so true and like I've even had friends of mine be like wow that was a little bit over the top that response and I'm like well you don't understand she said this but she meant all these other things <laughs> same <laughs> Same. Nate used to go, he's like, you're so mean to your mom. I'm like, I'm not mean to her. You have no idea what I've been through with her. (laughs) You have no idea what I've been through. (laughs) I know what she meant when she said that. (laughs) So it's like, we're not giving them the benefit of the doubt either. And also, motherfuckers aren't talking. I mean, literally, like, people is no one saying anything. They're just assuming that their parents should know how to treat them. And meanwhile, they're not having the conversation. It's interesting. One of the things that I would say is if you're writing into, let's just say you're writing into, like, a self-help column and you're like you know this this and this with my mom and my dad and blah 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 take what you wrote to that self-help person whatever that question is and ask it to your parents like actually just say it to them I think and it's not you don't say it so that they'll change necessarily they may or they may not it's for you to know that you communicated that yeah and it doesn't and don't wait till like emotions are high and you know, things are crazy and you're like, you know what? You still treat me like I'm 15. It's like, cool. Hey, I just want to talk to you about something. Cause like what I'm noticing is X, Y, Z. And I know that I don't really even know what to do about it, except that I just want to like bring it to your attention. And I hope that moving forward, we can have more of like a friendship and you can see my ideas and opinions as valid and not just toss them aside because you still think I'm 16 and I, yeah. I get why you do yep. right. Validate. And what's funny is when they still see you as you say you're 16, then you go and you go and react like you are. And so totally. then they're validated for treating they're like well you're acting like you're like but that's because you're treating me like it and it's like <laughs> you literally are 16 again screaming at them yep <laughs> I think you have to put yourself in their shoes and try to see it from their perspective and yeah. when you do I think it dissipates the threat you don't have to take it as personally because you're just like you know what they're just they want to be a parent right yeah. they want to parent you still and that can be insulting yeah. for sure but I feel like insult's a choice too yeah you'd be like that's just them like trying to love on you as much as it fucking annoys you you can just decide to be like, hey, this is what I'm noticing. And I would just appreciate if you could, you know, see my ideas as valid or see my opinions as valid. You know, it's something about what your dad said about not feeling needed or wanted. Yesterday, uh, we, this guy that I'm dating, we had to stop by my parents' house to switch out some suitcase. We're there really quick. And he met my mom and my dad. And so we're walking out and my dad goes, hey, just, you know, that's my daughter, so make sure nothing happens to her. Or I'll come looking for you. Aww. 
And my mom goes, Dan, Dan, she's almost 40 years old. (laughs) And he he goes, I don't care if she's 70 years old. She's still my daughter. And I was like, oh, but that's cool. Your mom said that too. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, she's almost 40. I was like, listen, okay. I'm not almost 40. I'm 38. (laughs) Okay. I'm almost 40, but still. Um, <laughs> I know. But I just thought it was cute because it's like that. My dad's like, I don't care if she's 70. It's my daughter. And I was like, yeah, you know, it, they still want that yeah. role. He's like, I'm still his little girl, even though I'm not, I'm an adult. Yeah. So there are those pieces where, and I think sometimes we want our parents to still like treat, like I want my dad to be like, yeah, she's my daughter and I want to protect her. But I also want him to see me as an adult and a peer. So it's kind of a weird dynamic there too. I think it's important. Yeah, I love that. And it's also... I can share with you one of the things that I did with my parents was as soon as I wanted to stay in fitness, and I've talked about this before, they didn't really love that I wanted to stay in fitness. They wanted me to do medical school or physician assistant or PT or whatever. Um, and I really wanted them to support me. And they didn't. They literally thought I was on steroids. I was like, oh, I'm doing a fitness competition. And they were like, are you on steroids? And I was like, no, but <laughs> thank you for asking. Like, whatever. And thank then um, in the years after that, or even months after that, Um, I felt that they were disappointed in me, which I think is one of the things that we always try to avoid, right? That's the thing we're always trying to prevent. We don't want our parents to be disappointed in us. We want them to just like be on our team and support us, whatever. And, And unfortunately, the reality is a lot of them won't. But what I did, instead of being like, why can't you support me? I actually started saying and affirming the moments that they did, they did support me, even the smallest, tiniest little things, mm-hmm. even like, you know, the fact that they were able to send me to college. I would just, I just started saying stuff like, you know, I really just appreciate what you guys did for me. And I really just see that as, you know, I know that you support me. I would say stuff like, I know you support me. Yeah. Even, and be vague about it. And yep. so over time, they started supporting me. They yeah. started being way more supportive. They started seeing themselves as supportive. Mm-hmm. And my mom, even to the point where my mom's like, should I come to your show? And I was like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, so it's like she did a complete 180 yeah. from like being so disappointed that I was doing steroids to actually coming to my show and like cheering me on. Yeah. And so I think that it's kind of this like, not to say reverse psychology, mm-hmm. but it's like, what is it? PNP? I mean, NLP? Uh, yeah, NLP. yeah, it's like it's like NLP, right? Yeah. A little bit. It's like neuro linguistic programming. Yes. It's like sales. It's kind of like, hey, if you want someone to act a certain so way, true. tell them that they're already doing that, uh-huh. or sh- or affirm the small ways uh-huh. in which they have done that. And it's so hard because your ego wants you to hang on and like not let them win, right? I'm not gonna tell my mom she's supportive and she fucking isn't. Yeah, but you know she probably is in some ways. Yeah, and you just aren't seeing them because you're so stuck in how she's not supportive. And so I think if you can affirm the positive instead of pointing out the negative, you're going to do a lot better. That's a good advice for any relationship. Relation- Danny, I really love when you clean my apartment. It yeah, just like, it's so amazing when you, happening. you're so clean in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> and your car. Okay. How's yeah. let's go into this one. Courtney light. She said, I saw your post about BFFs, uh, Bumble BFF. And I'm majorly struggling with meeting friends. I downloaded Bumble BFF, tried it for a bit, but felt so awkward and weird. It's hard to start and keep conversations going. Any tips or advice to make more meaningful connections through that app or through that avenue or any other avenues or tips in general? It's hard feeling like I don't have a girlfriend to call on in Mm. my city. My husband travels for work a lot. So when he's gone, the lack of friends are even more apparent. Yeah. And I really get that. Like, gosh, I don't think I really had some strong girlfriends for a long time. So I'll talk real quick specifically about the app. I would say this, when you match with somebody on Bumble BFF, my best advice, and this, 
I will say this advice started for me because I was doing it in dating first was try to meet the person in person as soon as possible because the longer it goes on with conversation, it gets lost. People start texting, they forget. So when I was on the dating app, I was like, hey, when can we go out? Because I knew if I met in person, I'd make a more meaningful connection. I'd know right away if it was good or not because you can... You don't really know how somebody is through text always. And you guys all know from Instagram, like lives make a big, or not lives, but stories make a big difference. You get to know somebody's personality more than just their feed. So if you're doing Bumble BFF to make friends, I would say as soon as you connect, just go, hey, when are you available? Let's grab a coffee or grab brunch. Try not to keep a long conversation on the app because it just, it slowly dissipates. That's how it happened for me in dating too. It was like, if we didn't go out within the first like 48 hours or like make a plan within the first 48 hours, it was probably not going to happen. So I would use the same advice in the app and you just have to be the person to make the first move and go, hey, what's up? Uh, This is when I'm available. I'd love to do coffee. Let's get together. Because when you're in person then you have other things to maybe connect on. Mm-hmm. You can like see what they look like and be like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, your hair is cute. Or mm-hmm. what do you do? Or maybe they show up in workout clothes and you're like, oh my gosh, do you work out a lot? So I think that is good for the app, but making friends in general. I think it's, I definitely agree that it can be awkward in a, mm-hmm. like a Bumble BF, like in a BF, like in an online kind of dating, but for friends situation. Cause you're like, oh, like on paper, we, on paper, we might work out. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think you kind of know, and I can just tell you from personal experience, like, I don't click with that many women, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So like for me, it's actually been a numbers game. Luckily, we've met a lot of people through work and through the podcast even. We've so Danny and I don't have children and well Danny does but have you (laughs) met Courtney's friends parents no okay Um, but (laughs) it's I think it is if you're a mom of small children because you're doing a lot of activities at school or sports or whatever and you're literally sitting on the sidelines with other moms Mm -hmm. or dads like I think it's maybe easier to like find some commonality you're both like having mom life and whatever so I think if you don't have children it can be a little bit harder and I can just speak from my own kind of personal experience I personally don't click with a ton of women not because of anything that's wrong with them or whatever it's just I know myself and I really value alone time even you and I didn't really click click off the bat like we weren't like instant bffs at all i think for you and i the first time we met in person i remember having our conversation and we had so many things in common and i remember just feeling like you're my twin like i remember being like oh my god me too oh my god me too me too but you and i were both so super married at the time that like i wasn't i i was not really available for friendships and i also was really close with like jillian and some of jade's family and i so i kind of had my friendships like kind of locked down yeah and it wasn't until you know you and i started uh, you moved to la and like we started spending more time that we got closer and so i think similar places in life really matters a ton definitely so you know if you are single if you are married with no children, you know, finding people who have similar lifestyles, I think is really key. So I think it makes it a lot better. So, you know, you and I, we both like to travel. So chances are like my girlfriends will want to travel. I mean, and I hate to say it, but I don't have a lot of friends that are moms just because we don't have all that much in common. I have a few friends that are moms, but not many. Most of mine are other entrepreneurs, business owners, people who are you know, the kind of movers and shakers, like, I mean, not that moms aren't, but it's just more of like a, maybe they're intellectual type, like they're going to conferences, like we're talking business and stuff. And to be honest, if you have like three young children, you're probably not wanting to talk, like 
do that kind of, you know People what I mean? who so, get your life. Well, I think people with yeah. th- like three young children want to also vent to someone else who has who three gets young children, it. like who totally gets it. Yeah. Totally gets it. Yeah. Well, this is actually a second question, which goes right along with it. I was going to say, Texas girly, she said, can y'all just friendships in the podcast post-divorce all the women mainly mom friends from school detached from me and all the other divorced moms like Mm. we were contagious Mm. how to go about making good true friends Mm. as an adult and kind of going back to what you just said is maybe finding people in the same situation if you're divorced I get it sometimes the people married feel like it's contagious like but just find the other divorced people because you'll want to connect too I mean I know for me I felt like I needed to connect to you because you got, you understood. Yeah. Not that I couldn't connect to my married friends anymore, but there was an issue. One of my very best friends, mm. her husband ended up texting me because they were going through some stuff in their marriage. And I just had this conversation with her a few months ago. I just told her, and this was about two oh, years ago. I um, and I, we were having a conversation. We were like, I miss you. And I was like, you know, I actually intentionally kind of stepped away from you guys for a while and I was like, I think it's safe to tell you now because it's been a few years, but I'm like, your husband texts me and he basically was like, stop ruining our marriage. Like you're telling my wife being single is better. And you're, and I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm not. Right, no. But he saw me dating and doing all this stuff and they were struggling. So he assumed since we're best friends that I'm like, Hey, you should get divorced too. And in this <laughs> life. And I'm like, no. So I think there is that issue. And uh, Nate and I, when we were married, we were living with another couple and they split. And for a minute, we kind of like gave each other's look like, are we okay? Like yeah. they're not okay. And we thought they were. So are we? Yeah. And it can kind of sh- make a marriage feel shaky. Yeah. So I don't necessarily blame the married couples for pulling away. I can see how hurtful it is when you feel like you're losing your friends. But I think to Jill's point, trying to find people in a similar space helps you feel connected and it I think there's an ease in meeting up with yeah, someone with similar I, What lifestyle. I would recommend if you are someone who, you know, is really looking for other girlfriends and close friends is go to places where people have the same value system as you. And mm-hmm. so I know we've talked about this in the past, but like I went to the gyms. I moved to LA. I didn't know anyone. I knew Nagar at the time she was married. And, um, you yeah, know, she has a, a child and whatever. And we saw each other well, maybe once or twice a week. And I joined three gyms. Yeah. <laughs> I joined like a CrossFit gym and Equinox and like some like two CrossFit gyms. Like it was ridiculous. But I remember just saying to myself, like, I just want to be as open as I possibly can romantically, but also just friendship wise. And like, I would strike up conversations with other women after class yeah. or I would strike up conversations during like just, you know, like just during warm up or something, you yeah. know, and not to be anything except to just see like, cool, are they open? Yeah. Are they in the same situation I am? Or are they super closed off because they, they have their friendships locked down and they're like yeah. not really available? And I did a lot of that and I met some people and went on some, you know, friend dates, friend dates. and did all that kind of stuff. I think also the online space allows to that too. Some of my closest friends don't live in LA. Yep. You know, they do online business, yep. but they don't live here locally. Yeah. And I think that's fine too. Like, yeah. Uh, Jenna, who owns the Love Bomb Company, she and I met online and we used to talk on the phone and we text and message each other all the time. I used to call her my my internet BFF. I had never met her for like two years. We finally met in Vegas in real life. And it was so funny because it felt, I was like, is this really the first time we're actually meeting? Yeah. Cause we felt like we knew each other, yeah. but I've made great friends online and it, mm-hmm. you can do that. You can have great connections. And I think it, we have to step back from feeling like we're going, hi, will you be my friend? Like, yeah. don't go in it with any expectation, just go in it with like, let's get to know somebody. And if it feels organic and something comes up, then you will. Like I've been on like friend dates where 
that was the last time I ever hung out with them again. Yep. But I'm cordial. I see them like we still say, hey, it's just not a match where we hang out all the time. Yep. But I've always met great people. And it's always like, and maybe that relationship came back around later where we developed a stronger thing. Like, I think relationships are interesting. They weave in and out. Yep. There, I have friends that I hung out with, you know, 24-7 for a couple of months. And now I don't talk to hardly at all. Yep. And we may come back around. We may not. Like, even your, my relationship with you, like, we've... <laughs> Like now that we're in different relationships, I think we don't hang out as much as we used to, but it's still, it just, it ebbs and flows. And I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it is too. And I also think it's to your point, it's okay not to, I think sometimes we go into a friendship hoping to be picked. Yeah. Like I think we go like, oh, I hope like I really want this person to like me. And I've, I had this aha moment of like, actually I get to pick too. Mm -hmm. And it's actually okay. To not, because on paper, it's the same thing with dating. On paper, this person looks like we should definitely hit it off, especially with other fitness entrepreneurs. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we're so similar. We have similar backgrounds. Like, you know, we're similar p- part in life. Like you're super fucking smart and interesting. And then like we meet and it's not that it's a no. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's not as, or I don't want to hang out with you as much as I thought I would or yeah. should want to. So true. And they feel the same way, obviously, because yeah. we didn't really continue that. I actually had a girl who... um actually it's 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 ironic it's one of Keith's exes uh-huh. and I didn't know about it they dated when they were like 19 uh-huh. and she's in the fitness industry and her and I went to Europe together for two weeks yep. a couple of years ago but I didn't know obviously about Keith at the time but we went to Europe because we but we had met like maybe one time in person but she travels a lot and that was when I had just moved to LA and was like traveling a ton and so we like met up in in Barcelona and spent two weeks together in Europe and it was like so fun. We had a great time, but we got back and we haven't seen each other since. Yeah. Like it was just like, cool. Let's like spend, but it, I think both of us realized like it wasn't like a yeah. totally 100% organic match. Yeah. Yep. And like one of my best girlfriends is like 24 years old. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and that's fine. And my other girlfriend, one of my other best friends is like 50. And I have a, I went to Europe with uh, a, my six year, one year old dentist. And I was like 33 at the time, but uh-huh. like we were like so close. And uh-huh. I think it's okay to just not, have things look perfect on paper i know it sounds the same as like dating yep but it's like hey like out of out of nowhere you're like wow i never thought i'd be friends with this person but like we just fucking it's true love hanging out and even the opposite of the advice we just said earlier is find people who have very similar things sometimes the opposite can be true you can find somebody who you don't have kids they're a mom and yet they want something else or somebody who's way older or way younger like at this hair love retreat I was at, I got assigned an assistant. So I had a lot of tasks so I could get her to kind of be my runner. I thought she was 20, 21, but then I found out she was 16. I freaking loved her. (laughs) And there was another 21 year old and these little girls, I was like, I love them. And they were like, we love you, Danny. I was like, I love these little girls. Like they're like my little best friends, but they're like 20, 16 years old. And I had the best time with them. And I think that you can connect on lots of different levels. Totally. Depending on the circumstance and the situation. But we were just in that retreat together and it just made us all bond and get closer. I think, though, that you do, even if you're an introvert, even if you feel like you're shy, there is a level of you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit and try to make the first move. People aren't just going to come to you. Like you're not going to just be sitting watching television show and someone's going to knock on the door with cupcakes and like, hey, I'm here to be your BFF. Right. You have to make a little effort and you do have to be willing to um, realize it's not maybe a match for you and that's okay. And it's not about you. It's just, it's just like dating. Like not everybody's going to be for you. 
And it's okay. Like totally like, so, okay. So I, I gave the example of like going to three different gyms and whatever, and like trying to be around people with similar value system, but also like take classes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like go and take a cooking class or something, go and take salsa dancing, like go and do something that, and I know that might feel a little bit awkward, especially if you're like, I'm a 40 year old woman. I'm not going to go take cooking classes by myself. That's weird. But, or especially if you're like married, whatever, but like do it. Like what's the big deal? It forces you to meet people. And that kind of stuff makes it fun. Like that's a lot of other people are there because they want to meet people too. That's why I love conferences and some of these things. And even though like sometimes they make you do activities where you have to talk to your neighbor and I'm like, oh, why do we ought to do this? Those end up like forcing you to have conversations that you sometimes are like, wow, I didn't even know that conversation would lead to this and lead to something else. So I don't know. And actually, there's one more thing here. I know I was going to have you read the next question, but all of these are kind of related. Somebody said, I'm not sure if this has been covered up on the podcast, but how do you deal with a friendship with somebody that you called your best friend falling apart because the other person just wasn't matching your effort anymore or responding when asked if something was going on? So basically, like the friendships falling apart, like a friendship break. Have you had a friendship breakup? Officially? Yeah. Actually, I know a chick who would have exit interviews for friendships exit interviews jeez so she would be like this is why we're not gonna hang out anymore <gasps> wow and I, I, I think that's fine yeah I think we talked about this in the episode on outgrowing people yeah. or is it okay to outgrow or have other people outgrow you yep and I do agree that it kind of ebbs and flows based on where you are in, in your life I think so too and I think that's okay too I I think that if you guys are like BFFs. You're spending time like Danny and I are like, well, we're, we're actually codependent, but like <laughs> for people, who, but if you have a really close relationship and all of a sudden it starts to change, you can pick up on that signal, right? Like, yeah. and it's not, it's not changing because it's obvious that someone got in a relationship or someone had a baby. Like those are kind of obvious changes that sure. you might anticipate. But if nothing has changed except the way you're interacting is different, the person is just blowing you off more. They're lying to you about stuff. You know, they're not, they're like you invite them to do something and they you know do something else and and don't tell you the truth like this has happened I've had some of my clients kind of share these stories with me I think that you should ask for communication out of that person you should just and I think it's totally valid to say you know I've just noticed that there's been a little bit of a change in our relationship which is totally fine like if you're just not feeling it anymore I get that do you mind sharing with me like why that is yep I think that's valid. I think it's okay to say like, we don't have to continue this. And like, obviously, I don't know. I see friendships just like dating. If you don't want me, I don't want you. Mm -hmm. You know, like it needs to feel, and I, I, I can speak for you, that you've had a lot of people who want to be closer to you yeah. and you don't necessarily feel close to them. So it's like, that's a weird place to be too, where like people are wanting like more time with you and you're not like, you're not feeling it. They're feeling super sure. connected to you and you're not really feeling super connected to them. Like they're fine, but like, it's not someone who you're going to like spill your guts to. I think that can be hard too. But I think if you're seeing a change in the relationship or you're feeling blown off, you need to say, Hey, I'm cool if like you want to change things, but I'd be interested to know like why that is. Can you just like include me? I'm not mad about it. Like I, you know, I might have some sadness about things changing between us, but I'm just curious. And if you, do you have any insight on that? Yeah. I think most of my friendships that have drifted apart, it's been just a, th a drifting, yeah. you know, and then suddenly we're just not talking that much anymore. And, and there are those friends that I can call at today where like we drifted apart, but then once we hang out, it's like nothing changed. Yeah. And those are great too. And there's been a few that I had like a little moment of sadness or kind of grieving the friendship that we had, but life is just different, you yeah. know, life changes and 
now I'm a little less uh, sad about those things happening and just realizing that that's how it goes. Yeah. Where I, I one of my I best friends. I think it's hard. I think try not to take it personally. Yeah. What, my best friend who was in my wedding, my maid of honor, I remember when things started changing with her, I was, I cried and I just felt like we, I felt like we needed to have a conversation, almost like a, a breakup. Like did something happen? But I never had that conversation and I'm kind of glad I didn't because as time just kept going on and on, I realized that was just me creating stuff in my head and she had stuff, she had some babies, she had a miscarriage, she had her own life and I was, I was living a different, we just both had very different things going on and we had just drastically, we're going two different directions, but now we reach out to each other, you know, maybe once a year, her mom sends a Christmas card and I reach out and we just kind of catch up on each other's lives and we're just, we'll probably never hang out the way we ever did. But I don't feel sad about that anymore. It just, it hurt at the time, I think, just because I was young and just didn't have the maturity. Yeah. One thing that I always hear people say is, I feel so bad I haven't reached out in such a long time. I feel so bad I need to reach out to someone. So, oh my God, I feel so bad I haven't. But you remember, like, they haven't reached out to you either. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's okay to say, like, don't take it on. I think so many much of so many of us take it on. We feel so guilty for letting some of these relationships evolve yeah. and change and be less intense than they used to be. But remember, like they're not complaining about that changing either, sure. you know? So it's like, or maybe they are, but they're not bringing it to you and that's not your business. So like as much as we can feel bad that we haven't reached out and we feel like our relationship is going sideways, realize that that's how they're feeling too, yep. obviously. Yeah. Cause they're not reaching out to you. And so, you know, I mean, I think this is a good conversation to have and I think we'll probably continue to have the conversation about around friendships. And, and I can say that I think finding, especially for women, I think with dudes, like, Every single guy I've ever dated has been best friends with his high school friends still. Yeah. And I'm like, how is that fucking possible? (laughs) Like, like Keith has like literally 10 best friends from high school still. Jade, the same. Like, I was like, how can that be possible? I think women, especially because we have these very distinct, like, marriage, kids. Like, I mean, not that dudes don't have that too, but like, I think it's a little bit different being a mom versus not being a mom. Yeah. So it's kind of these more distinct and and divorce, I think affects women more than it does men too, like their social circles. And so I think we're much more likely to match up with people who are in a similar situation life-wise. Yeah. Whereas dudes can just be like, hey man, want to go shoot hoops and like not talk about fucking their divorce or anything, you know, like that that's not really on their radar, which is like, that's all we tend to talk about. It's so funny because the guy that I'm dating now, he's got some He's like, yeah, I have friends from all stages of my life. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I have a few, but I wouldn't say that I could pick up the phone. Like, they're not really in my life today. Yeah. And same with my ex-husband. A lot of guys I dated. It's, yeah, high school friends. And I really don't have high school friends, which is really funny. It's interesting. I have a juicy question. Yeah. This is a juicy one. This is a good one. Okay. Easy topic. Actually, I don't think it's easy. (laughs) But I think this hasn't been tackled explicitly what if you start feeling things for a third person? What does that tell about your relationship? Also, more talk, more more sex, more talk about sex would be fun. Are we gonna do a whole separate episode? On oh sex? yeah, we're doing a sex episode again. Okay, so the se- the, the second parts of the question have to do with sex, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, so. I think this is a really juicy one. We haven't started talking about this. I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you think. Okay, so if you start having feelings for a third party what does that say about the relationship so when we had Rennell on the episode on the uh, podcast one of the things she would say was what does the affair say about your relationship so I think that there's a couple ways this can go is one why are you even entertaining a third party 
So if you are entertaining a third party kind of relationship, then there's got to be something missing in the relationship you currently have, or you are looking for something missing in yourself, which is more likely, in my opinion, it's probably more likely that like, what is going on with you that you're trying to fill? Is it validation? Is it loneliness? Um, is it just the wrong relationship? Are you looking to to subconsciously self-sabotage something? Maybe it's going well, because maybe it's going well and you want to self-sabotage it. Like, I think that's valid too. <laughs> so it really comes down to a lot of self-reflection. It's you just really have to ask yourself, why am I even entertaining this? You know, I want to validate the fact that like people are always going to be attractive. Yes. You know, I think people are always going to be attractive. And I think that at some point you have to just decide that like, you know, that the grass is going to be that the grass looks greener other places, but it's still, but you get over there and it's not right. You know, so I think that's a realization too. I think there's always going to be attractive people. I think where you could potentially get, and the problem with affairs, you guys, is like, and, and it's, is that you don't want them to end. Mm-hmm. Remember how amazing fe- falling in love feels? Yes. Like, it's like, it's addictive. So for example, say you are someone who works at an office and you start talking to a coworker. Maybe it's a dude who is also married and you start connecting over the fact that you both feel unappreciated in your marriage, right? Oh, my wife did this. Oh my God, my husband does that too. I know for Jade, you know, and he wouldn't be upset me saying this, like that's how he connected with his lover was he felt kind of unappreciated by me. She felt unappreciated by her husband and they connected over both feeling unappreciated. And so I think the emotional affair can be the biggest threat because it's addictive. Yep. You don't want it to end. Yep. So you don't want to talk about it to your partner because you know that if you do, it's going to have to end. And so I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble when it comes to affairs is that like the nature of it is it's so illicit and it's so addictive and you haven't had that feeling of falling in love in a while with your own partner. And you're having all the like dopamine stuff and you're having the brain chemical changes. And so and it becomes this thing where like you don't want it to end. And you know that if you bring it up to your partner, like, hey, I'm starting to have feelings for someone else. That just stops everything in its tracks. Oh, yeah. It's over. And so it's so fucking hard, but I think you need to ask yourself, I agree with Danny, like going, okay, cool. What is it about me that feels like I need this? And is there a way that I can get this feeling from my current partner? If I feel understood by this other person, if I feel emotionally connected to this other person, if I feel like I can confide in him the things I can't confide in my own partner, how can I figure out a way to get this feeling from my own partner? And so you need to, you do need to have a conversation. I don't necessarily think that you have to be like, hey, I'm finding someone else attractive. Sure. I think, I think maybe eventually, but I think the first thing that you should do is you need to share the thing that you feel like is missing in the relationship with your current partner. So if you feel underappreciated, motherfucker, say that to the person you're currently with. Yeah. That's one of the things that, you know, Jade has a big regret around not being able to either communicate or even know what was missing in our relationship. So the first question to ask yourself is what's missing in our relationship and how can I start to try to get that from my current partner? Mm -hmm. How can I try to cultivate more of that in my current relationship versus just outsourcing it? Yeah. And so 
that's where I would start. And I think if you can start to feel that way in your own relationship, this thing over here doesn't feel as attractive and as illicit. Because there's always going to be good looking people. Like, yep. sorry, but like we don't cheat because someone else is hot or someone totally. else is a big dick or whatever. It's literally like you cheat because yep. you feel emotionally understood. Mo- like 90% of people yep. will cheat. I mean, dude, it's like someone has a fling in Vegas one night. Cool. That's different. But like if we're talking about like a real emotional yep. affair and you're starting to feel attracted to someone's personality, their brain, their emotional support, like you're going down the road of an affair. Yep. Even if it's just an emotional affair. And I think at that point it's it's time to start asking, how can I start getting this for my current partner? And you might never have to. If you can do that, you might never have to disclose that you were at one point attracted to someone else. Definitely. Think an alternative and it's kind of along the same lines as what you're saying, but a little different. Let's say the there's something in that relationship that you're currently in that does need to end, but maybe you're somehow scared to admit it. When there's a comment like what I got from Nate, which was, I'm not happy. And I said, she can't make you happy and I can't make you happy. You're responsible for your own happiness. So if you're feeling like you're looking to someone else to help you to create happiness for you, that's an issue on you. And once you start to focus on yourself, making yourself happy, if you realize that you are really happy and yet it's not a match in the current relationship, maybe it is time to end it and you don't need to self-sabotage it by having an affair and letting them I know like, a lot of people do that actually yeah they have like an affair they, and like hope to get caught yep hope to get caught so like they don't do the dumping it's yep. like okay cool I didn't you know they ended it but not ended it instead of stepping up and just going like hey this isn't working they, and something to consider too is you know maybe you especially if you've been with someone for a long time is there a potential to have a conversation around an open relationship I mean, is that an option, you know, and maybe it's not, but like, maybe you can just say, Hey, like, this is how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and I love you and I still want to be with you. But for some reason I'm feeling as though my needs aren't being met. Yep. Can we start to have a conversation around potentially being with other people in a way? Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like. I know myself. I don't think I could ever handle that. But yep. I think maybe if you've been with someone for, I think it's valid. You've been with mm-hmm. someone for 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years like maybe you do have other needs and maybe even bringing up the conversation will kind of throw some shock into the like, wait a second and bring some, like kind of make people step up and be more aware. Cause we've talked about kind of being falling asleep at the wheel and like just not being, um, if that was brought to me, I would be like shaken, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like maybe something needs to change. Yeah. So I think even the conversation, it's so hard to bring it up though. I mean, that's the thing is like, cause you, you feel like the person might leave you. Yeah. Right. So if I brought it up to the person I'm in a relationship with, like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. What if that, what if my current relationship leaves me? Yeah. You know? And then I'm left with, and this thing over here is not solid yet. And I'm left with no one. Yeah. So it feels risky to bring it up in your current relationship because what if he or she gets pissed and she leaves, you know? Cause I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I can't say for sure if Jade came to me and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested. I'm starting to feel interested in someone else. I don't know what to do about it. I'd be like, I think I'd be out. Yeah. I would be in protective mode. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, look, I gotta go like, you know, and I don't know if that would last, but like it would be, I think it would be hard. It'd be very hard. There's just, there's I just also want to make it valid though. You oh, know? it's so valid. Yeah. It's, it's and even even acting on it could be valid. I mean, there's sure. I think most things start with not like an ill intention yeah. or thinking that you can get away with it and it's just going to be one time and it's like you can justify a lot of things and some things feel really justified. Yep. It could be like, well, it was just one time and 
you know, I needed it and Or whatever. I'm not getting what I need at yeah. home. So I, I mean, I think Jade compartmentalized it. Totally. He kind of was like, well, Jill's doing her thing. I should have something that's my own too. And maybe like I can see for myself that I would want to get away with it and then deal with it, right? Like, <laughs> let me just do this and then I'll talk about what's going on in the relationship just because I want to get out of my system. And it's all of it's fine. I get it. Uh, it's just ultimately, what do you want? And sometimes it's hard to even know in the moment. You're so confused. Yeah, like the feelings you confuse you. The uh, excitement is like, ooh, this feels really good. So why don't I just go this way first? And then we'll... We'll just do it once and then we'll end it and then I'll get back to my old life. But it doesn't always work that way. It no, gets I think more, most times it doesn't. It gets more complicated. Yeah, people catch feelings. And, you know, I think the ultimate like Mac daddy solution really is communication with your current partner. And also what you said about personal doing your own personal work, which is hard because sometimes doing your personal work is a lot longer and harder than just Mm -hmm. having what you want and getting what you want when you want it. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to be like, you know, I'm just going to do this thing and I'll keep it a secret or whatever, you know, but I think you have to have a relationship to honesty. And I think at a high level, if you can start cultivating that now in your current relationship before this maybe happens to Mm -hmm. you, I think you'll be more equipped. Start having, so if, if you're listening to this and you've never had feelings for someone else while you're in a relationship, Maybe start having more honest conversations in your current relationship now so that you'll be better equipped if something like this does come up. I think that for Jade and I, that was one of the things that we just never cultivated. Like I yep. think we both just assumed, oh yeah, we're honest. Oh yeah, we, we're going to be together forever. Oh yeah, we're we're solid. Took all of that for granted. So I think if you can start cultivating more honest conversation, and we've talked a lot about this in the in the previous episodes, about there's an opportunity to tell the truth or not in a scenario and not telling the truth would be just easier sweep it under the rug don't distress about it or you can tell the truth and just hold your breath while the other person digests it and let them have the full experience the more you can kind of start to do that in your current relationship I think if something like this does come up it's going to be much more well received by the other party yeah god it's fucking hard well we're an hour in we still have some more questions I guess we'll have to save them for another episode okay I, I like it. the little Q&A episode. This is pretty juicy. Because we can just go off on tangents on some of these. I know. So well, lots of friendship stuff. Tangenty. Huh? I said people should tell us if it's too tangenty. Is that a word? Tangents. T- uh, it is a word if you make it one. Yep. I'm adding it to Urban Dictionary right now. <laughs> anyway, we love y'all. Um, we're glad we're back. And if you have more of cues for us today send them to the best life podcast on instagram dm and we'll throw them up on the next one because this is kind of fun for us and in fact some of these could probably be a whole episode so i know and let us know if you guys like these yeah all right y'all please subscribe and leave a review if you haven't yet we would really appreciate it on itunes or spotify or Podbean or wherever you listen to the podcasts they're all over the place and if you love these episodes and you feel like they could help anyone please share them with them because that's how we spread our message and we love you all right guys we'll see you soon bye